Boomtron. 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 Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Netflix OGs get your groove on. We talk about it all, we could be wrong. Kill the better views like a Demogorgon. Boomtron, but you're never gonna move on. Just a few guys talking about the originals. Yo, pick a favorite show, we can put it on. We know it also, nothing's atypical. And welcome to the Boomtron Podcast. This is episode 30. I'm Diego. I'm joined by Amy and Mark. We got the 4th of July weekend here, so we got some shows that we hope you may have caught that we can talk about. Fear Street 1994 is our focus. So, Amy, Mark, say hello. And uh, hello. what do you guys what do you guys been watching? Hey, hey. Um, I've been watching Sex Life. I started watching that and I like it. I think it's really interesting. I'm I'm only halfway through. I'm on episode 4. There's only 8 episodes. And I'm I'm just kind of intrigued because I'm curious about where it's going to go. I have a couple of different thoughts of the direction that it might take. And so I'm I'm in it to kind of see, you know, what what's going to happen here yeah. at the end. So I'm enjoying it. The, the wife and I actually finished that one. Very interesting. We kind of caught the trend there on TikTok where everyone was blind reacting to a scene in episode three. So fair warning. On that, but it's definitely a crazy up and down story. Uh, very interesting. And we were just talking about it today. We're, we're wondering if they're going to do a, a season two for it because based yeah, on how it well, ended. So okay, all right. Oh, and super rated R <laughs> for uh, super I mean, rated yeah. R. Too, the title yeah. alone might give that away. But um, and then yeah. I've also been watch. I also tried to watch America the movie, and <laughs> it was not. It was not for me. It was not for me. Um, so I turned it I off watched, after like fifteen minutes. I watched the whole thing, Amy, and I will definitely agree. It was not for you. It was not okay. for me either. <laughs> okay. It was. It was, a, right. it was a hard watch. I watched it as well. It's just very extreme. Like just a lot. A lot's going on. A lot's being thrown at you, and it's all over the place. Uh, yeah, yeah I did, I, I, it was too much for me, too much for it, me. But I finished it as well just to see it. But it looked yeah. a lot. It like, reminded me. Go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was gonna say it looked to me a lot like Archer. Uh, it had mm. sort of the pace and the and even the animation style. Uh, yeah. But Archer for me, even though it's sort of a, like it uses bro humor, is is intelligent and funny and has subtext to it. And this just kept beating me over the head with dumb jokes. Um, yeah. and that's it why reminded I me. A lot, Diego, of hoops, um, which you remember I didn't like either. I couldn't get into hoops either. Damon loved hoops, I think. He right? Loved Is that it. one he, he liked? Oh, he thought he yeah. was going to, and then he didn't like it. I don't remember. Oh, but I don't yeah, know. no, I just it was just too much. It was just like too over the top for me. And yeah, I agree. I didn't. I couldn't really get into it. You know, I, I haven't started watching Sex Life yet, but you guys just gave me an idea. I think the next level for Boomtron is reaction videos to movies and you can post them all on the facebook page you can make a tiktok channel because i would love to see some of our faces when we're hitting some of these scenes and movies that's a good one that's true that's very true and did did you you guys uh, watch anything i caught those two uh america and sex life and i wanted to get into what what's the magical show we talked about oh i wanted to watch it so bad like the bureau of magical beings i just didn't but i looked at the i looked at the day on that I, it, that stuff came out in 2020. It looks like. Oh, it's not new. I don't think so. Unless I misread the date, I'll have to go back and look to see if maybe I misread it. But there's like 20 something episodes in it, as well. Oh. Oh, okay. What? Yeah, 
Yeah, so I was because I wanted to get into it. And I was like, oh man, I don't got, I don't have time for twenty episodes right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and then I also I, I haven't started it. Maybe I'll start it uh, later tonight. But uh, too hot to handle is definitely a must watch for me and the wife. Oh, so I maybe. started that. I'm part. I'm part way through the first episode, and I, I where, where do they find these people? And <laughs> I. I don't know. I'm yeah, I'm intrigued. So I think I'm going to follow through on that one too because it was I was watching while I was making lunch and then before I knew it, like I suddenly was just standing there watching with my mouth open like, "What?" and I wasn't making lunch anymore. So I mean, I don't know if that's a sign that it's a really good show or if it's a sign that it's so insane, um but I I'll probably continue watching that too. Okay. All right, Mark, did you uh catch anything? Uh, not on Netflix. No, I'm doing a little research for next week. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, let's I'm talk looking, about Fear Street. Go ahead. So let's talk about it. Okay. So interestingly, Fear Street, I've been, after I finished watching it, I was just kind of Googling it and looking it up and I was seeing like not great reviews about it. And I have to be honest, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, it had every like, and again, I, I didn't find it like super scary, but I thought it was really well done. I loved the storyline. I loved, um, you know, the hearkening back to the 80s at the beginning and the 90s. And I don't know. I just thought it was really, really good. And so I really liked it. I didn't read the Fear Street books by R.L. Stein. Um, I think I was just a little too old when they came out. And again, they were made for older teens, but... I think I was already in college by the time they, the time they came out. And I just, so I, I didn't have any familiarity. I don't know if it has anything to do with the books. I know it's based on the his book series called Fear Street. Um, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I liked it too. And it the, the intro to me, like when they're like showing all like the historical... I guess newspaper clips and things that yeah. happened in Sh- in Shadyville and in Sunnyvale, and just kind of giving you that backstory. I thought that was really, really well done. I thought the music throughout the whole oh, movie yeah. was was awesome. It was like you know that nineteen ninety mid nineties kind of like grunge music rock kind of song. So I thought the music fit very well with everything. I it had a lot of nostalgic parts to it, like when everyone they were in the hospital and there was like the unsolved mystery playing in the background, and yeah. the guys like tonight on unsolved mystery we look at the missing. Uh, it was just good. It was good. It was it kind of gave me the that old school scream like the movie scream feel to it, like classic yes. slasher, uh, and then it even had the one guy, the brother. Who like knew everything about what was happening? Like he knew the right. history of the witch and the town and this, so he kind of knew like what you should and shouldn't do. So like, it, I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was very well done. And it's a, it's a trilogy, right? Yeah, the next one comes out. I think like later this week or July 9th or something. So I yeah. like how they kind of set it up. I thought that was a really cool sort of experiment, and I hope that it works out well for them and that they do more of it. Because instead of us getting a little 30-minute episode every week, we're getting a full movie. It feels kind of epic, and for lack of a better word, cinematic, that we're getting these films one week after the next. And it's got the whole, you know, time jump thing. We go, you know, to the past, then the more distant past, then, you know, the 16th, you know, the 1600s. 
every every story is going to be linked and intertwined. Uh, I I love that kind of complexity. Uh, I think it's going to be really cool. And I, for me, I think hearkening to your comment, Diego, I love the music. I love good soundtracks. And yes, um, like I remember telling Amy when y'all were reviewing Umbrella Academy, I was like, oh, it's so good. Um, this was another one of those for me. Portishead, Radiohead. It was a time capsule. It was a love letter mm-hmm. to the early '90s. And I'm, again, the overthinker. I was Googling the songs as they were coming up going, was that song out back then? And I'm like, I'm so old. Yes, it was. Um, (laughs) But so, I mean, it it tracked logically. It it made sense with the different moments, the music they were playing. Uh, Just, I I loved that. I thought it was great. Um, I think that... So what I struggled a little bit with, and and I I love this movie. I'm going to say I would watch it again and uh, probably will. But uh, there was that kind of, you have to suspend your disbelief again, like when the the heroine tussles with the police officer and sneakily takes his gun out of his holster. <laughs> right, yes, yeah. And then they go hang out in the parking lot and talk about how they stole the gun while they're sitting in a stolen ambulance. And I'm just going, is there an adult at the window? Like, is there no, no one else out here? <laughs> like, right. like they, they could see these kids doing everything all by themselves. But, you know, they had to do that for the sake of the movie. Um, but I, I, I loved the fact that they incorporate and, and, and Amy, to answer your question about the whole, um, goosebumps thing, it's yeah. loosely, ba- it's loosely based on one of, uh, R.L. Stein's favorite fictional towns. So like there, I have a feeling it's oh. going to be sort of like Stephen King's Castle Rock where there's, Got it. uh, you know, you'll, you'll see some Easter eggs from the Goosebumps series and from the Fear Street series, which I love at the beginning. I don't know if you noticed in the bookstore. As the girl was putting up books before she met her fate, uh, the, the whole row of books that she was sitting in front of was Robert Lawrence, which is R.L. Stein's actual name. Right. Mm. Yes, I that did. Was kinda, and that I, was kind of cute. I, I loved the fact that she was, it was, and again, I know this is, I mean, the whole point was to pay a little bit of an homage to, to 1980s horror movies, but it opens up she's working at a b dalton and yeah that was it's such an obscure 80s reference like there are things when we talk about like 80s references that everybody gets automatically right but this idea of her working at a b dalton bookstore i spent hours of my childhood and teenage years in a b dalton bookstore and now of course they're nowhere to be seen um and i just i loved that also um i loved that one of the main characters was Olivia Olivia Welch, who was Heather Nell in Panic that we talked about, mm-hmm. I don't know, last week, two weeks ago. So it was nice to see a familiar face in there as well. But I just, I, I really felt like it. There was there was certainly a formula, right? Like it followed. It was not super formulaic, but it did follow the formula. Like you said, you've got the guy who the brother who knows all about the the history of the town, right? There's always somebody in these films who knows what's going on. Um, but I liked the fact that it wasn't just a you know, like a crazy psycho person. Like there was something deeper. There was this history in the town and it happens again and again. And I liked that a lot. I agree. I I didn't... It ha- I had a hard time with the lack of adults in the movie. Like even just the main character's dad... Where were their parents? Their parents were never home. Her father was never home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really the only adult that we ever see is this cop who is almost kind of, he's not, yeah, he's not, I was going to say bumbling, but he's not bumbling. He's almost, 
it, it seems like he's almost choosing to ignore um, kind of what he's seeing. And then he starts investigating. But I, I don't know. There were pieces of the missing adults were a little bit of an issue for me. Um, but the, the fact that nobody was safe either. Like, I, I like that in a movie. I like yes. when it doesn't matter how main of a character you are, you could die. That, yes. I think for no the viewers, right, that keeps us on the edge of our seat a little bit because we we don't know that it's going to be like a happy ending. And all of a sudden, you don't know if anybody's going to get out of there alive. And me knowing that this was just like the first part in a three-part series, I was like, oh my God, like maybe everybody dies. Yeah. Like who well, knows? Think about- like maybe everybody dies. And think about when Scream came out and Drew Barrymore, her segment was in all the trailers and then you go and you sit down and you watch this movie. And spoiler, if you haven't seen Scream, you know, get in a time capsule. But um, right. uh, two, you know, five minutes in, Drew Barrymore is dead and you are sitting in your seat going, what the hell just happened? Uh, and I, they give you that same flavor here. And it's also, it's some of the characters are sort of these stereotypes these archetypes for all the horror movies uh you know you've got the dumb jock you've got the cheerleader you've got the the nerd who uses aol download to get his information which (laughs) i love chat rooms i remember those days um but they know early on that something's up and they work together they're not just getting you know whacked from around the corner and they're gone you get to know them and it gives you that emotional investment because when some of them start to bite the dust, then it's like, ouch, like, I like that one. Uh, unlike a lot of the more traditional horror movies where it's just, you know, bring them out and knock them down. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because I usually don't like a horror film that doesn't have horror. Like, I think we've talked about this before. I'm always looking for something that's going to scare me so much that I can't sleep at night. And it when they fall short, I'm always disappointed. This did not have that kind of scare in it. But I was thoroughly entertained. I was completely and thoroughly entertained by it. And I, I find it interesting that it the next episode, episode for lack of a better word for it, is going to be in 1978 because of the way that they end this, right? Like they, they, they find out that Sam is, you know, the, the target of these coming back to life demons i guess for lack of a better term there um and that you know this witch is really trying to get to sam and they think that they've killed the witch and they think that they've taken care of everything and they're kind of celebrating at the end and then sam stabs her girlfriend and turns out that she's still got the witch in her right and hold on she's like let me stop go ahead let me stop let me stop you because before we get into the end of the, okay. of the movie. <laughs> Let's talk about everything that le- kind of leads up to this part. Okay. All right. So we have this. We have these two rivaling towns, right? Sunnyvale and Shady Side, right? Is that? Yeah. Those are the two yep. towns. Mm-hmm. And essentially, Shadyville, Shady Side is like crime murder capital of the country, and Sunnyvale hasn't had any violent crimes in thirty years, and it all stems from this. What appears, and you get this from the credit, from the opening credits, is that there's a witch that got hang, got hung, and you know she kind of put a curse on the town, essentially. Right. And it starts off with the the girl at the bookstore. What was the name of the bookstore, Amy? 
B. Dalton. B. Dalton's. I've never even heard of it. Oh, uh, seriously? That's before he's, my time. He's a little younger. Oh, God, I feel that's old. Before before my time. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you, you get that scene where... And I and I said to myself, when the the guy ends up killing her, is that he looks possessed. And that's kind right. of what the whole thing is, is that the witch is possessing people from beyond the grave. And right. we have all these murders that keep happening. And that's where we kind of get introduced to the, the, the brother who's the nerd on the AOL chat room using up all the internet of the house and using up the phone bill. <laughs> and he knows about he knows about the witch and the curse and all this. And then you have the, the 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 sister who seems to have just broken up with Sam, right? Right. And now that's kinda of, that's kinda of where the, the whole beginning of the movie is and that's where we get into it and we get into everyone's mourning the girl that got killed at the mall and that's where Sunnyvale and Shadyville get together at a football game. And kind of all, you know, for a no vigil. pun intended. Yeah, through a vigil, but all hell broke loose. No yeah. pun intended there. <laughs> and, you know, they chase the bus. Uh, and they, they kind of create the car accident. And that's kind of where Sam gets kind of in touch with the, the witch because she kind of disturbed the grave. Yeah. Now, and here's where, like, my first little, when I was sort of <clears throat> jotting down notes during the movie, I put my first question mark because... I mean, we, we later find out that when Sam has this car crash, which, by the way, fun twist that Sam turns out to be a girl and it's a whole like lesbian love story because at the beginning they're talking about Sam and they show the main mm-hmm. character looking at all the football players with, with sadness in her eyes. I oh, kept going, yeah, okay. you're right. Anyway, um, but when they're following the bus, uh, the, the Sunnydale, Sunnyvale kids are following the bus and, you know, uh, this accident's about to happen. Uh, the main character, what's her name again? Dina. Uh, Dina. She gets a nosebleed, too. So yes. Dina. So I'm wondering, like, because nosebleeds seem sort of indicative of, like, a supernatural, like, like the witch is coming. Um, and I'm wondering if Dina is somehow linked in the same way that Sam wound up being linked later because of the whole nosebleed thing. I didn't, they didn't really explain that. And so I'm wondering if that's going to come out in the next couple of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, so they have this car crash. Uh, Sam winds up falling out of the car, and as luck would have it, onto the burial ground of uh, Sarah Fear, this wi- this witch from the 1600s, and... who is buried very close to the surface. Right, super, like <laughs> super close. Shovels yeah, were not like, what they on. should have been back then. I guess. I guess. But, but yeah, so apparently she touches the blood that's coming out of her nose and then she puts her hand right at the perfect mm. spot to touch Sarah Fear's remains and it kicks off like this whole new curse that begins to plague the town. Right. And that's kind of what leads into what Amy mentioned about now the witch kind of sends these ex-psycho killers from the 60s, the 70s, the 50s, the 40s, whatever, after uh, pretty much Sam because they're after her blood. But they don't know it's their blood right away because they're after... First, they go after the friend, Josh, I think his name was. Because he had he had Sam's blood on um, on his shirt. And then they go after... Oh, yes. Uh, Simon. That Simon. Was sorry. Yeah. Simon. Simon. Josh yeah, Josh is the brother. brother. Yeah. Right. And then they go after Dina because she has Sam's blood on her shoes. And then they finally realize it's the blood. And it's kind of like this whole... Almost like chase throughout the town eventually leading up to the school where... 
they they set a trap hoping that it worked blowing up blowing them up which by the way again talking about suspending disbelief like they blew up that bathroom but there was no damage anywhere else like that, <laughs> oh, that I know that kind of explosion like i feel like the whole school's going on fire at that point right right the lockers didn't even like push out of the wall outside like nothing <laughs> else happened that was ridiculous so with regards well, to you were just mentioning these psycho killers right so right. that was something that I was curious about because I I don't think that they were psycho killers because she's the, the original girl in the 80s seemed to be really good friends with this guy. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until like, I don't know, his eyes glazed over, he, he got possessed or the witch decided to act that he came he came for her. So that kind of led me to believe, like I wondered if, all of these kids throughout the ages who become the killers, if they become the killers because they've touched the blood as well. You know what I mean? Like, do they all, like, is this how all of these people are, are formed? And if so, is something drawing them to that site so that they can touch the bones or the chain or the whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't seem like they were just psycho killers well, on their it's own. A good, it's a good point because they're towards the end of the movie where the, you know, eventually they call one of the survivors of these attacks from, I think, maybe the 70s. And, you know, they don't get in touch with her until the end. And she's like, you can't escape her. The witch knows. The witch knows your name or whatever. And then they kind of, like, zoomed into, like, I don't know what, the witch's lair underground yeah. or whatever. And like it has all these names, so is the witch picking these people out? Right. Yeah. Like, well, and just uh, to one point of clarification, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I we were talking about how this is sort of an homage to '80s movie slasher film, films, but the beginning of the movie didn't take place as a flashback. It took place in 1994, the mm-hmm. you know the time of this movie, and the girl who got killed in the bookstore and her killer. Uh, or at least the girl herself went to high school and knew the rest of the characters, Dina and and Sam and everybody, because that's what they were having the vigil for. So it right. wasn't. So if Ryan, oh, you're right, you're right. If Ryan, okay. the mall killer, was, and I think you're right. I mean, obviously the witch had his name on that stone, but it wasn't like in every forty years or every twenty years thing. It was like a week, because you know, Ryan mm-hmm. killed these people in the mall, and then a few days later, Heather's. Or, or I'm sorry, Sam is touching the witch's bone and having the curse on her. So uh, I mean, there's there's something to the the how you know I think how the witch chooses these killers that hopefully they'll explain. And probably a lot of it's going to come out in the third film that takes place in 1666. But um, hmm. what I love about the, the the chosen murderers is that again, it pays homage to all these other flicks that we all love. You've got the Jason Voorhees type killer. Uh, you've got the scream ghost face kind of killer. Uh, the girl from the 50s, for me, just the way she acted and how she was always sing-songy and stuff, reminded me a little bit about uh, the killer from Sleepaway Camp. Mm. Uh, Ange- Angela, I don't know. But, right. but, just, but basically they were all sort of a, you know, a, a different element to it. I, I kept waiting for some possessed doll, Chucky style, to come running around mm. the corner. <laughs> just, just for Amy. Yeah, just for me, my favorite. There you go. Um. Yeah, and and that's the thing too. Like when you're talking about like the the killers of the ages, that's what I was kind of getting at before was that the next two movies are in the past and then the further past. 
But the way that it ends, right, is that Sam, like I said, winds up becoming possessed after they think they've dealt with everything okay. And she's like, we're going to take care of this. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna save you, blah, 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 blah. But then the next movie is set in 1978. So are we going to come at back a, to this? Summer is it all, <laughs> right, at a summer camp. Is this all going to get tied together at some point? Or are these yes. each going to be standalone things and we're never going to come back to Dina and Sam? No, here's here's what I here's what I'm thinking. And again, the, the the trailers themselves are really well done because they don't give you a lot of spoilers. But just looking online, uh, uh, Jillian Jacobs from Community, who I love, mm-hmm. uh, she plays the adult survivor of the 1978 massacre because her character's name is C. Berman. But then there's a younger actress named Emily Rudd also playing Cindy Berman in this next oh. installment. So I think we're, I mean, I, I think we're going to have time jumps, you know, lost style back and forth between the past, the present and the future. And it's going to solve this. I think the overarching, uh, storyline is going to be Sam and Dina and saving okay. Sam. But I think we're going to get a lot of blood and a lot of casualties and this whole history lesson in the process. Okay. Yeah. And you know, the other thing, um, again, I don't know why I'm so stuck on like the killers. Um, over the years but like where have they been and why are they coming out now you know what i'm saying like so sam gets activated right and Mm -hmm. now all these other killers are coming back where have they been like have they and and why are they all coming to get sam and is that what happens every time like when we're in 1978 um, when whoever is going to, you know, wind up having, being the target of the witch, is that 1950 girls, 50s girl going to come after her? Um, or, you know, you know what, what I'm, I'm saying? Like, I'm curious yeah. about that. I, I, what I'm thinking is that there are sort of these chosen killers, like, like the anti-vampire slayers. They're these chosen killers every generation right. that are, that are activated by this curse. But I think Sam is probably the only one to actually do this blood ritual of touching the witch's body with her blood. And so she's some kind of special, like maybe... She's maybe the key. She's like, and mm. maybe she's going to, maybe Sarah Fear is going to try to possess her personally and become, you know, reborn. I don't know. But I think all of these, I think because of the blood ritual, not the curse, but, uh, and I'm saying, because Sam touched the bones with her own blood. <laughs> right, right. Sorry, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking liberties here. Um, we see that these killers, when they get destroyed in that uh, bathroom explosion that made so much sense from a physics perspective, uh, mm-hmm. we, we see them a la Blob kind of coalesce and congeal and become these bodies again. So I think that when Sam touched the witch's body, she called forth this primordial ooze that became mm. all of like a who's who of Sarah Fear's okay. favorite killers. Yeah, That's my okay. theory. All right. And again, this is like just some of the stuff that I'm hoping that moving forward in the next two episodes that they kind of explain a little better. Again, I, I have no issues. I, I loved this. I thought it was great. But I do have some questions about it. Um, and maybe I'm overthinking it. I mean, that could be too. Maybe I just have to be like, okay, it's like a horror type movie. You just can't explain everything in these movies sometimes. You know, how, well, how does Jason Voorhees keep coming back? You know, those types of things. Like how, how, does these, how do these things happen? Maybe I just need to be like don't know how they do but they do and it's quite entertaining to watch um i don't know 
Well, and you know, well, what if, you, if, as one overthinker to another, I feel the same way. And uh, like one of the things I liked about the '80s genre horror movies that we don't get a lot nowadays with things like The Conjuring and and Sinister and that sort of film is uh, they they might not answer all of your sort of supernatural questions like Jason and Michael Myers sort of immortality, but they give you a story. Who are these people? Right. Why are they killing? Um, and that's the stuff that always drives me nuts is when a movie ends with just some random bad guy shock screaming in the screen to scare you at the credits and no other mm. explanation as far as, you know, how it ended, why it began, but enjoy the glory. No, I get that. No, I get that. You're right. And I actually, I liked that I didn't feel like there was a super, and now now I'm about to say this in my head, I'm thinking, are you correct? I don't remember there being a super amount of gore in this either. Mm. No, it was bread slicer. Well, bread actually, slicer. No. Yeah, the oh, bread slicer. Oh, except for the bread slicer. Say, that was right. the best. Oh that's man, right. and that just go like that part to me. I was like, holy crap! Like, cause again, you. I was thinking, oh, these four, they're gonna survive. They're good. You know, they're gonna make it through it. And then it's like, nope, we're taking out two of the main characters right now. Oh, and it's right. so like her death. So this is the character Kate. Uh, in it's part of the big final confrontation where they realize that they have to, in order to break the curse, Sam has to die and then come back to life. So there's this big final confrontation with all of the killers in the grocery store, mm-hmm. uh, where where Simon works. And uh, so he's the player of the month every month. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, of, of, of a staff of one, but um, yeah. but uh, again, it's kind of cool because every main character gets paired off with one of the serial killers. So there's all these mini battles happening at the same time, and he stabs uh, um, the who was what character was it that stabbed? Oh, the, the ghost face killer type. Uh, he mm-hmm. he uh, he stabs Kate in the gut, and you're like, okay, she can survive this. She'll be okay. I've seen worse. Uh, and then he turns around and he lays her down in this in the bakery where he's turned some they've accidentally turned on the bread slicer and he slides her right through it and you're like this isn't gonna happen this isn't gonna and then all of a sudden you see like the other side of the slicer and I mean I was devastated because yeah. I loved I loved Kate and then yeah. from around the from around the corner comes Josh being chased Simon. by uh, by the Jason killer and Simon being chased by the uh, the fifties singing girl killer. They both look at each other. They look over and they see Kate shredded at the bread slicer. And there's that moment of sadness where they're like, holy crap, she's dead. And then an axe comes out on Simon. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah, that, it was, see, it was, that was rough. Yeah, well, it, but you know what? That's good horror. Like that's, yes. because you're still, catch, you're still catching your breath from that other moment. Surely you're going to have a recovery period. And boom, another main character who you like gets whacked. Like that for me was good film. Yes, yeah. no, it was it was it was well it was well done, and I know we said this, but I just like I like stories that you already know are going to be trilogies, and that they tie nicely to what is coming up. Like we already knew going into episode one that this was going to be a trilogy, and it ties into like you're excited about part two, for real, yeah. right? And you're even excited about part three because it should more or less follow the same formula of part one and part two. And I just, I just want to see how, what they're going to do to like, and the witch's reign, Sarah Fear's reign here. Right. I'm, I'm so, really interested in the last part because there were funny moments in this. Like it was very much like a teen, mm-hmm. you know, horror movie. Right. And so there was like teen humor and teen angst and teen everything. And I can see that they could probably do that in 1978 Sleepaway Camp 2. 
I'm super curious how, if they're going to be able to keep that same feeling in 1666. You know what I mean? Like it's, it feels a little bit harder to have these off the cuff quips that kind of make you smile as a viewer and have the relationship building that they have and that type of stuff in 1666. Or is that third part just going to be like straight up, here's the story of how it happened, which is going to feel a little more doomy and gloomy to me and maybe not as enjoyable. So I'm, I'm a little nervous about that third one just because I... I so want them to be able, but I want them to be able to keep it without making it like a parody. You know what I mean? Like, because that would be disappointing to me if it became a parody and they were making fun of this and trying to, you know, it's not a Monty Python movie. Um, And so I want, I want them to be able to do that well. What I think might be interesting too, is if 1666 part three they take sort of a Cruella or, or Wicked turn to it where we find out that Sarah Fear wasn't a bad girl. She was an intelligent woman that the, you know, that the patriarchy feared. Like, it'd be kind of cool if they, this whole time you think Sarah Fear is the big bad and then you find out that there's some whole other thing and she was, she was a victim, you know? But that's how they usually are. What was the one, Diego, was it, um, not the haunting of Hill House, but the next one. Was that the one where there was the woman and she wound up being drowned in the lake and she would come into the mansion every yeah. night and they would oh, see Bly her Manor. Bly, Bly Manor. Yes, yeah. Bly Manor. Like, again, when you're talking about witches, because there were no witches during the witch trials, you know what I mean? When you're talking about witches, or they were, were there. Well, <laughs> but you know what I mean. But they were often these women who were just targets of these men in society. And so in these movies, they become bad, evil spirits to get revenge because they hadn't been doing anything wrong, you know? And so I agree with you. It's probably going to be something where Sarah Fear, and again, her name is not spelled F-E-A-R. It's like F-I-E-R or something like that. Ooh, play um, on words. Right. Um, but <laughs> Sarah Fear is probably just, maybe she's like a teenager, you know? Maybe she's somebody who got accused. Maybe she, who knows who she's going to be. Scarlet yeah, Letter, really, Hester Prynne action. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, really couldn't tell there in the opening credits just on the pictures like that we right. saw there. Yeah. And I will tell you again, the the overthinker. I I typed Sarah Fear into an anagram solver just to see if something would come out. Oh it, my God. it didn't. That is overthinking to that's another level. That's what you're dealing with, people. It's the code. Uh, yeah, right. Well, the good news the good news is for our next episode, episode thirty one, we'll be able to talk about both Fear Street Part Two and Fear Street Part Three. Yeah. Because. Fear Street Part Two, uh, 1978. Is that is that the right one? Yep. Uh, yep. Comes out July 9th, and mm-hmm. then Fear Street 1666 comes out July 16th. So right. we will be able to kind of see how we feel after the trilogy concludes, and if we're still on board with Fear Street, or if we're gonna be like, nah, Episode One, and then it just totally tanked. Right. Right. So. So those two shows are definitely, you know, on our radars to watch next. I mean, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Me too. Keeping, Me I'm too. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we love it because I would like to see Netflix go, hey, this worked for us. 
and do more things like this, even in different genres of film. I, I like this mega film weekly installment thing. Yeah, uh, yeah that's I'm a good on point. Board. That's a, yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that. All right. Any other right. final thoughts there on Fear Street? I think we can all agree uh, two thumbs up. Definitely. I give it yeah, two definitely. slices of bread way up. Hey, I see what, oh I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> well, besides Fear Street, then, what do you guys have on your list of shows that are coming up? I, I, I kind of real quickly looked at my list, and there's only two shows that stick out to me that we'll cover before we record for our next episode, and that's Resident Evil Infinite Woo! Darkness. Same. That, com- that comes out in a couple days. Uh, I know Master of the Universe, but that doesn't come out to the 23rd. And then How I Became a Superhero. Yes. Uh, that, com- that comes out just about the... Um, I mean, end of July is going to be real busy. Because we got Master of the Universe. We got Outer Banks. So we're, yeah. we're going to have a lot. We're going to have a lot. To t- I'm very excited for Outer Banks. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not Me too. I'm not front about it i am very excited about outer banks i can't wait to see what where that going i love adult goonies so yeah it was good so (laughs) i've got some stuff this week actually i want to see good on paper virgin river season three is coming out um atypical the final season of that is coming out the second season of never have i ever is coming out young royals is out i didn't get to it yet i want to see that and then i really want to see gunpowder milkshake um I am looking so forward to this. I've been fo- I follow Karen Gillan on um, Instagram because I loved her in Doctor Who, and so I've kind of been following this. But the cast—it's Karen Gillan, it's Freya Allen, it's Lena Headey, it's uh, Carla Gugino, Angela Bassett, Michelle Yeoh, Paul Giamatti. Like it's ridiculous the amount of names that ass, are in this. Ass kicking chicks. I'm yeah, seriously. At it now. All right. Uh, it right. looks so good. So I'm really looking forward to that too. So okay. what about you, Mark? Well, yeah. So uh, for me, two of them that I'd written down were Resident Evil and uh, Gunpowder Milkshake for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Then also there's this sort of Korean exorcist type movie that's looking pretty good to me called Eighth Night. That okay. star- I, that uh, I think just dropped. Uh, and then also uh, there's a, it's sort of a... a, a new version of schoolhouse rock called we the people and it's a series of animated music videos that talk about the government and social issues hmm. uh what? I, I don't know really yeah well listen to this it produced by the obamas it uh it dropped today so i have no idea if it's going to skew right or left or if it's going to try to be all inclusive i'm but looking it looks, at the per- trailer now looks it looks like dope. it's going to be interesting yeah okay all okay. right okay. put that on my list as well yeah me too done Cool. So, you know, we got uh, our little From the Other Side of the Couch episode coming up as well in about a week. So, let me check that out. We'll talk about anything we're watching on Amazon Prime. I know some of us watched the Tomorrow War. Yeah. Yes. So, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll talk about, you know, we'll probably talk about Loki once again coming down to Mm -hmm. the last few episodes. I'm all cut up now. And then we'll talk about anything else we catch on HBO Max, Apple TV, or anything like that that's not on Netflix. Uh, as always, check out the Facebook page, the Instagram, the Twitter. What else? Mark, to what our, were you gonna I was going to say to our listeners, if there's something you want us to talk about on or off Netflix, shoot us a, a post on Facebook or you know, just reach yeah. out to us on Twitter. Let us know because uh, you know, we're, we're here for you. That's right. All right. So everyone, enjoy. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy the summer. The beautiful weather's coming. And we will catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening.
Just a disclaimer here, no members of the Boomtron podcast are employed by Netflix, nor do they have any business ties with the Netflix Corporation. This podcast for entertainment purposes only, and all Netflix news and information that is shared is simply what these three yahoos found online.